Geekers, tweakers, thrill seekers, you are listening to the very first Our Week Presents brought to you by WayOLP Rochester. This week, Our Week Presents Biohacker, an original screenplay written by Sandy Farkas and Taylor Lofton. Featured players include Tadia Richards as the narrator, Doug Jordan as Dunstan, Sandy Farkas as Dr. Dinkums, and Biohacker, and yours truly, Taylor Lofton as Marv. So sit back, grab the popcorn, and enjoy the show. Internal mainframe database headquarters, early morning. We fade from black into a dimly lit hallway in the depths of the worldwide computer agency database headquarters. Lights flicker from up above and the faint sounds of malfunctioning hardware permeate through the building. The shot glides down the hallway until we finally stop at a doorway. A toilet flushing is heard and immediately after the door swings open and out steps Marv. Marv, a lowly and disheveled looking janitor, promptly stuffs his p- back into his trousers and zips up. He takes a deep freaking breath. Just another day at the database center for computer technologies. Suddenly a big freaking alarm starts going off and all the lights turn red. Marv clutches his ears and collapses to the floor shrieking. The halls fill with science people in freaking lab coats as they scream in terror. Marv basically gets trampled to death except he doesn't freaking die. When all the science guys are finally all gone, Marv picks himself up and limps down the hall. Interior mainframe data sphere, lunch zone. An enormous swooping shot soars past all these freaking computers and knobs and various types of systems until we finally settle on Dinkus, the computer control expert, furiously clicking away at different keyboards. Marv, drenched in a good amount of blood, sweat, and urine, bursts through the door. Dinkus, what's going on here? Uh, there's a glitch in the mainframe. Uh, a what in, in the what? Shouldn't you be finding turds to clean up? Maybe I could help. Nonsense. You'd only screw everything up. You're the single greatest imbecile that I've ever known, Marv. You are such a freaking idiot that you only ever screw things up. A freaking tear glides down Marv's cheeks. Try not to break anything, you idiot. Suddenly, the voice of the most intelligent computer program in the world comes across the loudspeaker. Maybe I can be of some assistance? Mr. Chips, the most intelligent computer in the universe. I need your help. Of course, Dexter. I will begin by doing a full server sweep. After that, I will be enhancing all of our module circuits. Now, I am unescuing our transmitter turbines to maximize our technology. Great. Okay. Now I'm multiplying our computer codes by one billion. Computer codes? Get out of here, idiot. Oh, no. It's just what I expected. A full-blown mainframe glitch. The work of one man and one man only. Biohacker. Suddenly, Dunson trips through the doorway. He is a disgusting troll covered in drool and sweat. He lets out a tumultuous blast of gas from his buttocks, and then, before he can unleash another guttural blast, he slips on some of Marv's bodily leakage and kerplop! He falls face first into the puddle of urine and is knocked out cold. Look, Dinkus, I finally did something right. I stopped a hazardous digi-troll. Marv walks over to Dunstan the troll, but slips on his own fluids and lands his face between the troll's bulbous butt crack. Inadvertently, Dunstan lets off a smaller, wetter, gaseous blast into the open mouth of Marv. Marv swallows without hesitation and then immediately vomits between the troll's cheeks. I think I'm going to be sick. I'll see you guys later. Look what you did, Marv, you idiot. We surely won't be able to stop Biohacker without chips. Marv lifts his head from Dunstan's butt's cheek and wipes some of the vomit from the corners of his mouth. 
I bet he's just gonna go play with himself. Chip showed me some of the videos in his collection. What just happened to me is softcore compared to that dirty techno porn he watches. Just then, another blast of gas and diarrhea comes from Dunstan, and it lands on Marv's glasses and drips across his puckered lips. Dunstan wakes. Hey, let me go. Get this terrible janitor out of my bulbous buttocks. Dunstan struggles. Bury your head in him and don't let him go, Marv. Marv bear hugs Dunstan's legs and mashes his face between his hairy troll cheeks. No, stop. I'll talk. I'll tell you everything you want to know. Just please keep this janitor from burying his head in my ass. I can keep this up all day, buddy. I don't mind getting a little dirty. That's enough, Marv. Let him talk. Okay, what do you want to know? I want to know who sent you. I want to know why you're here, and I want you to tell me what the freaking hell is going on here. And I want to know what you had for lunch. I can give you another taste if that's what you want. Go ahead. Give it to me, big boy. I can take it. Shut up, you two. Now, tell me, troll, what's your name? Well, that's really more complicated than you might think. Since I have been a troll, my given name has been Dunstan. But I haven't always been a troll. I was a man once. I had a family, a wife and child. We were so happy. Then one day... Well, you're a troll now, so who cares? Get on with it. Why are you here? Yeah, you better talk or so help me God. Marv prepares to bury his head once again in Dunstan's rear. Well, if you would let me finish, what I was saying was... Well, go on. Say what you want to say. Every time I speak, you guys just interrupt me. What I was trying to say was... This is your chance. Go ahead and let your gut spill. Tell us what's bothering you, and who sent you, and why you're here. I'm trying to, but you guys keep interrupting me. What what I was saying was... And why are you here, and who sent you? That's what I'm trying to say, if you'd let me finish. I was sent here by General So of the Starnak Corporation... Long ago, one of his henchmen turned me into a troll using a computer virus. See, in my former life as an ordinary man, I used to deliver fish. General So had ordered a fish fry dinner, his favorite meal, but my techno truck was malfunctioning, and sadly, when the meal was finally delivered, the fish was withered and spoiled. So the general had you turned into a troll? Yes, and now he has promised to return me to my human form if I come here to the mainframe database and steal the codes. Just then, Mr. Chip's voice comes from over the loudspeaker. Did somebody say codes? Chips, this troll has been sent here by General So to steal the codes. Well, it's too late. The codes have already been stolen. It seems that during the full-blown mainframe glitch, Biohacker removed the codes from the Digi Vault. We need to get those codes from Biohacker before they fall into the wrong hands. Marv, let that disgusting troll go. Yes, sir. Marv releases Dunstan the troll and the two stand up. Both the troll and the janitor are covered in vomit, diarrhea, sweat, and blood. Dunstan, I think we can help you. But first, we need your help securing the codes. You will accompany Marv to the darkest depths of the earth on a top secret mission. With me? Why me? I'm just a lowly, disheveled janitor. What the heck do I know about top-secret missions? That's my point exactly, Marv. No one will expect that we would be stupid enough to send a worthless, vile little pig like you straight into the belly of the beast. Sounds crazy. But just crazy enough to work. I'm in. With Dunstan in tow, the two of you will locate the biohacker, retrieve the codes, and fix the mainframe glitch once and for all. A brief pause. Dunstan perks up. And turn me back into a man, so I don't have to be a troll no more. Right? A pause. 
The last known coordinates of biohackers seem quite difficult to pinpoint. Dinkus begins furiously clacking away at his future keyboard. Many Digitech images flash across his computer monitor before Dinkus finally becomes frustrated. Blast. I'm just not as good of a hacker as I once was. I can't triangulate the whereabouts within a fraction of a digipoint. The mission is a failure. Maybe I can help. Mr. Chips, of course. You're a computer. Why didn't I think of that? With your processing speed and codec technology, it'll be no problem tracking the geotech coordinates of Biohacker. Only thing is... A brief pause while Dinkus begins to pace back and forth. What, Dinkus? What is it? We'd have to digitally insert Mr. Chips and Telecore into one of you. And unfortunately, there's only one way to do that. Dinkus and Dunstan's eyes go wide and they shoot each other a weary glance. Absolutely freaking hilarious. I take it by that glance you just gave one another. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Marv begins to panic and sweat profusely. Beads of yellow sweat glide gently over his cheeks, both facial and rear. His lips stutter a bit, saliva splashing everywhere, before he finally speaks. There must be another way. No, it must go up the rear. Wait, there's another way. Back before I managed the fish for Starnet, I was the information transportation expert. I was in charge of delivering all forms of information and communication for the whole company, and, Shut uh, up, swine. It goes in the rear. All systems go. Dinkus slams his pointer finger down on the largest red button on his whole CompuDesk. The lights turn red in the control room and the sounds of various technologies booting up ring throughout the launch zone. Let's do this thing. A giant mechanical arm with a big metal claw sprouts from the floor of the launch pad and grabs a hold of Marv. A second smaller mechanical arm shows up and pulls his pants down around his ankles. Here goes nothing. Before we initiate the embedding sequence, some preliminary tasks must be completed to eliminate all risks of techno-contamination. Techno-what? Suddenly, a mechanized vacuum emerges from the CompuDesk. We must initiate suction protocol to make sure that all fecal waste and feces-related substances are hereby eradicated from side rectal cavity. The mechanized vacuum secures itself to Marv's rear and immediately activates, sucking God knows what out of the janitor's bottom. Marv instantly becomes cross-eyed as the troll looks on in disgust. After a moment, the machine turns off. Marv looks relieved. You did great, Marv. Thank you, sir. What a wild ride. Initiating phase two. Phase two? The vacuum, still stuck to Marv's rear, begins revving up. In order to make certain that all fecal traces are properly pulverized, we must initiate the blast sequence, thereby sending your feces back into your anus at an absolutely astounding speed. Once we have finished wave one, we will then suck all the back out again. We will repeat these sequences until all fecal fragments are obliterated. The revving sound from the vacuum has finally reached its peak. Dinkus once again slams his fist down on the large red button on his CompuDesk. The vacuum begins to make shotgun-like blasts into Mars' rear, sending his clamped body into spasms. After every tumultuous blast, the vacuum reinitiates its suck protocol. When this happens, Marv's body viciously vibrates. These sequins go on for some time while Dinkus and Dunstan look on. Dinkus looks unaffected while Dunstan looks on in terror. Marv's eyes once again go completely crossed, and as the operation continues, Marv begins speaking in the tongues of possessed televangelists. Dunstan grabs Dinkus' arm. Turn it off! The operation is nearly complete. If we turn it off now, it'll kill him. Marv's body continues to gyrate in the clamped grasp of the mechanical claws. His own feces is repeatedly blasted in and out of his rear end. As this proceeds, we begin to hear the noises of Mr. Chips. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Sequence is fully operational. Yes, it's working. I am f***ing. Finally, the machine powers down and the vacuum withdraws from Marv's bottom. Marv is lowered to the ground by the mechanical arm and placed gently on the ground. Marv lays motionless, mouth agape, and drool escapes. Dinkus looks proud. Mr. Chips is inside of you now. I can get used to this. Dinkus kneels down next to Marv. Thank you for your service. The title, Biohacker, blasts onto the screen in big freaking letters as the Biohacker theme song begins to play. Interior travel pod launch zone mid-afternoon. Dinkus, Marvin, Dunstan, the troll are in the oval room surrounded by eight pressurized vacuum hatches. Behind each hatch is an egg-shaped travel pod. Dinkus is wearing his lab coat and fiddling with a rectangular data control remote. The remote has two large antennas and many dials, switches, and toggles. Dunstan, the troll, is naked except for a utility belt slung across his chest. He is patiently watching Dinkus and awaiting instructions. Marv is wearing an oversized helmet with spring-style antennas, night vision, bug goggles, paddle-shaped moon boots, and a reflective silver space onesie. Around his nether regions, Marv's suit is bunched up, clearly accommodating a diaper underneath. Okay, once the controls are set, the two of you will climb into the first pod. Through Mr. Chips' processing powers, we have ascertained that Biohacker is currently staying somewhere in Computer Town, just beyond the Plutonian moon of Battlestar. If I know Biohacker, he'll be at the Motherboard Saloon. Go there, but be careful. You are both idiots and can be easily killed. Yes, sir. Dunstan and Marv salute General Dinkus. Dinkums toggles the switch on the pod's vacuum hatch and doors swing open. The pod is absolutely tiny with only enough room for one space chair. Dunstan and Marv look inside the pod with astonishment. Um, excuse me, sir. This tiny pod is too small for the both of us to fit inside. Nonsense. This is a standard-sized travel pod. Yeah, but there's only one chair. I mean, there's two of us. Standard protocol is that one explorer rides on the other's lap. I suggest you draw straws. Yeah, but why can't we just take two pods? Because that's not standard protocol. Dunstan and Marv draw straws. Marv draws the shorter straw and has to ride on Dunstan's lap. Marv and Dunstan both act upset, but Dunstan is secretly happy about the seating arrangement. The two climb into the pod and strap in. I get the feeling you're secretly happy about the seating arrangement. No, I'm not. Good luck. You'll need it. Dinkum sports a peculiar and suspicious grin as the doors to the space pod finally shut. Interior, space pod, continuous. Boom! The space pod is successfully launched into space, hurtling towards whatever we called the planet earlier. Marv is seen bouncing vigorously atop the barren loins of Dunstan the Troll. Dunstan's face is one of pure ecstasy. If my calculations are correct, we should be reaching our destination in slime dig bits. That is, if we can get past a snocky wire in one piece. What the heck is a snocky wire? Only the densest rubble field in all of outer space, Marvin. The pod begins to violently rumble and Dunstan lets out a howl of passion. Freaking hilarious. Exterior desert sometime after. Whoosh! The pod swores through the bright blue sky and crash lands in the sands of a desert planet. The pod doors swing open and Marv emerges, ripping off his helmet and throwing it to the ground. He wipes off his sweaty brow and exits the pod, followed by the troll man. Mr. Chips? Come in, Mr. Chips. Mr. Chips, are you there? How may I assist you, Marvin? Where in the heck are we? Is this the right place? 
Neep arrived at planet Dorknock of the Dorknockus galaxy. It's a dwarf planet. Computer town is just over those dunes. Marvin Dunstan Troll set off on their journey over the dunes toward Computer Town in hopes of getting computer program. I mean biohacker. So Dunstan, what do you miss most about being a man? Don't know how much of a man I was to begin with. Right. But at least I wasn't a troll. Okay. I had a wife, my son, Dunstan Jr. Look. I want to hear all about this at some point, but can we just please walk in silence for a while? The two of them make their way over the dune as the sun sets off in the distance. Interior motherboard saloon, dusk. Marvin Dunstan reluctantly swing open the door of the motherboard saloon. All the inhabitants shoot them wary glances as they slowly make their way to the bar. All the freaking patrons look like the aliens from the bar in the Star Wars movie. All the aliens are accounted for. Fishman, elephant jazz musician, Jabba's little lover, etc. They're also playing the same song. Marv shakes ferociously in his space chute as he scours the area, searching for the one they call Biohacker. Marv discreetly raises his watch over his mouth and presses a little button on a communicator. I'm here, Dinkums. Dinkum's voice booms and echoes through the communicator, catching the attention of some of the other patrons. Marv furiously tries to lower the volume. Excellent work, Marv. Maybe I was wrong to assume your incompetence would get the both of you killed. Now go to the bar and search for the perp. You know, Biohacker. Biohacker's last geotech coordinates jettisoned him at this location. Please, try not to screw this up. And most importantly, find Biohacker over and out. The communicator abruptly shuts off. All the alien future outlaw freaks stare at Marvin Dunstan as they slowly make their way. Eventually, our heroes reach the bar. An alien with a gigantic parrot head greets the two with a loud squawk. Two glasses of milk, please. And barkeep, warm them up. The parrot man squawks again and slinks off. Marv notices a man standing at the end of the bar, slumped over. The man is wearing a digital eye patch and sports a long black trench coat, like from the freaking Matrix. The man sits alone, snacking on a bowl of techno worms. Techno worms are what aliens slash future people eat at bars instead of peanuts. Marv grabs Dunstan's shoulder and points towards the mysterious fellow. Jeez Louise, down on my knees. Is that... could that be? Is that Biohacker? Suddenly, Mr. Chip's IntelliCore chimes in. Looks like it, Marvin. Allow me a moment to analyze and process his bio-digits through my highly advanced algorithm matrix. This may take a moment. Hurry up, Chips. We don't have much time. Sequence initiated. Analyzing, processing, analyzing, processing, analyzing, processing, analyzing, processing, analyzing, processing, analyzing, processing, analyzing, okay. Yup, that's him alright. Approach the target with utmost caution. This is a notorious cyber criminal in possession of mankind's greatest threat. Computer codes. Thanks for the reminder, Chips. You have always been a great friend. Marvin Dunstan decide to drink their milk before approaching their suspected target. As they are chugging the warm space milk, Marv spills some of the fluid on the processor ump link that has been installed in his chest. The processor link is where Mr. Chip's memory infrastructure has been stored during his symbiotic link to Marv. Sparks shoot from Marv's chest and Mr. Chip's howls in pain. Marv, what did you do? You idiot. You have gotten my IntelliCore wet. I can feel my processing power degrading. 
You stupid janitor. Why did you have to drink that space monk so happy? Now I am chunked as you. Marvin Dunstan look at each other in horror because they know that from now on, Mr. Chips is going to be absolutely useless. I think we're on our own. Chips is absolutely useless now. Uh Uh-oh. Daddy me. Marvin Dunstan approached the man that they suspect is Biohacker. Both of them are sweating and fidgeting nervously. The man in the trench coat is peering into a pint glass filled with a dark brown liquid. Next to the glass is a half-drunk bottle of space booze. Marv swallows deeply as he approaches. Here goes nothing. Excuse me, sir. Biohacker's face tightens with anger as he peers into his glass. Who wants to know? If you please, sir, my name is Marv, and, and this is my associate, Dunson the Troll. Um, I mean, partner, don't get the wrong impression. We're not having sex with each other, although we did take a very bumpy ride to get here. What I mean to say when I say associate is that we're working together. In fact, we just met this morning. In the time that we have known each other, we have not had sexual intercourse of any kind. Biohacker looks up from his glass and stares into Dunstan's eyes. No sex. I mean, you know, when you're riding in a tiny space pod and it's bumpy and someone's sitting on your lap. A pause. What I'm trying to say is sometimes the body has a mind of its own. It responds to friction in a certain kind of way. It's not that it's sexual, it's biological. To deny our own biology... Daddy really, really... Just then, a drunk space centaur approaches. His long, dangling horse swings to and fro as he walks. Hey, biohacker. Word on the street is that you came in contact with a very valuable set of codes this morning. Get out of here, Julius. You'll get your money. Biohacker? Why would you talk to your dear old pal Julius like that? I'm hurt. By the way, who are your ugly little friends? Julius the centaur gestures towards Dunstan and Marv. They're not my friends, Julius. Just a couple of space turds who got lost on their way to a techno-sex dungeon. Marv extends his hand to the centaur pleasantly. The name's Marv, and this is Dunstan. How do you do? How dare you attempt to sully my honor with your Cretan hand? I should blast you into the next galaxy. From the looks of your dangly horse, Johnson, I'd say you're about ready to blast yourself into the next galaxy. Silence! Now, as I was saying, if a certain biohacker happened to secure the codes that everyone has been saying he has, that would be very valuable to me, and even more valuable to my boss. Biohacker appears unfazed. I'm sure General So would be willing to forgive the outstanding Bartab debt that you owe him if those codes ended up in his possession. Just then, a horde of half-man, half-animal-looking space monsters enter the motherboard saloon. They are all carrying space blasters of different sizes and shapes. As you can see, Biohacker, you really don't have much of a choice. You are completely surrounded. Now, be a good hacker and give me the codes. Biohacker returns his gaze to the pint of brown liquid sitting in front of him at the bar. I already told you, the codes aren't for sale. 
Biohacker lifts the glass to his mouth and drinks the full pint of space booze in one gulp. Then, in a single motion, he stands and smashes the pint glass over the head of Julius, sending shards of glass into the face and eyes of the centaur. Julius screams and flails in pain as Biohacker pulls two sawed-off, fully automatic space blasters from his black trench coat and begins firing with surgical precision at Julius's henchmen. One by one, Biohacker kills the terrible space monsters, many of whom die agonizing deaths. During the blasting, Biohacker also wounds and kills all the members of the band and the rest of the alien future outlaw freaks, including Fishman, Elephant Jazz Musician, Java's Little Lover, etc. Marv and Dunstan look on in shock and awe as everyone in the Motherboard Saloon is killed. When the blasting finally stops, only Marv, Dunstan, Biohacker, and the parrot-headed bartender are left standing. There is broken glass and blood everywhere. Biohacker is standing with his blaster still drawn, looks over his shoulder at the bartender. Hey, barkeep. Put it on my tab. The bartender lets out a slight squawk of relief before Biohacker swiftly spins around and unleashes a barrage of laser blasts into his chest, causing his entire body to flail into bottles of space booze behind him. Shards of glass and drops of brown go everywhere as Marvin Dunstan look on in terror. Finally, the laser blasts stop and the bartender's lifeless body slumps to the floor. Biohacker slowly turns towards our heroes, pointing both blasters at Marv's head. Immediately, the sound of Marv defecating in the space trousers is heard. A look of utter disgust seeps into Biohacker's face. Marv trembles in embarrassment and fears for his life. Good lord. I'm sorry for bothering you, Mr. Biohacker. My associate, the troll, didn't mean to upset you. Wait, what? I told him we should just leave you be and forget all about the computer codes or whatever they are. See, I don't even freaking know what we're freaking talking about. Please, sir, spare me. You can do whatever you want to the troll here. Just please let me go. You'll never see me again. Biohacker looks Dunstan up and down while still pointing his blasters at Marv's head. Dunstan stands there motionless. So you're the one in charge then, troll? Uh, technically no. Not in charge. I used to work for General So at Stargate. Dunstan is interrupted by Biohacker's swift movement as he immediately points both of his blasters at Dunstan's head upon hearing him utter the name of General So. But I don't work for him anymore. See, I didn't always used to be this way. Used to be a normal guy. Had a wife, a son named Dunstan Jr., a home, was building a shed for a while. Kill him! Biohacker ignores Marv. Keep talking, troll. Then uh, I got turned into a troll because of this whole thing with a fish. General So told me he'd turn me back to normal if I stole some codes from the Worldwide Computer Agency. Then, though, um, when I got there, Mr. Dinkus told me you had already stolen them and that we needed to stop you. Biohacker withdraws his weapons. Dinkus, huh? This is worse than I thought. He reaches for the one bottle of brown that managed not to shatter during the firefight and rips the cork out with his teeth. He spits the cork out and chugs the entire freaking bottle of brown. This is what gives biohackers powers, like spinach for Popeye. Suddenly, the parrot bartender begins to quiver behind the bar. He's still alive! After Biohacker downs the whole bottle, he tosses it behind him and it shatters against the parrot's skull, killing him instantly. You guys are going to want to follow me. Where to? Biohacker presses a series of buttons on his digital eye patch, and a giant purple portal opens up in the bar. Marvin Dunstan are blown away. 
Um, I don't know about this mi amigos. This whole situation is starting to look no bueno. You both need to see this. Nothing is as it seems. Lo siente o mucho mi amigo. Albano es muy ocupado. Shut that dumbass robot up and follow me. Biohacker dives headfirst into the portal, screaming like the freaking dickens. Dunstan and Marv look at one another. Here goes nothing. Uh, let, let's do it. I chihuahua. As Marv moves towards the portal, he accidentally steps on Julius's horse penis with his moon boot, and it flattens like a tapeworm. Dunstan and Marv dive into the portal. They both scream. Interior, techno dungeon, night. Marv and Dunstan get spit out of the purple portal, and it immediately shuts. For a moment, there is only silence before Marv begins violently puking and having diarrhea in his pants. Yo, that was a sick ride. Can we do that again? LOL. Dunstan takes a moment to survey his surroundings while Marv continues to throw up. The room is dimly lit with a leaky ceiling and there are keyboards everywhere. The sound of beeps and boops permeate the dank techno dungeon, and there is even a big screen with all those freaking ones and zeros from the Matrix. Dunstan sees that Biohacker is sitting in what looks like a Stephen Hawking chair, with tubes and wires and stuff all connected to his brain and mouth. Marv finally stops vomiting and releasing his bowels, and the two of them rise up from the floor and begin to explore the dungeon. So this must be your secret lair or something? This is the hack cave, my techno dungeon. Marv notices a single toilet right in the center of the room. Is that your only toilet? I bet you're wondering why I brought you here. Marv looks around desperately for another toilet. Seriously, is this your only toilet? Biohacker moves his chair over to the screen with green numbers on it and gazes. There are secrets of which you are not aware. Marv puts his hands square on his hips. Jesus wheeze. Marv pulls his pants down and sits on the toilet in the center of the room in order to poop out the remaining feces while Biohacker begins to speak. You see... Dinkus is not who he appears to be. I'm afraid the two of you have been lied to. There was no glitch in the mainframe, and I have stolen no computer codes. Whoa, whoa, Doc. Slow down. You're not speaking my language. Yeah, Doc. No comprendy. Dinkus was just using you two to bring me in so he could kill all three of us. I've always been the one thing standing in the way of his plan for world destruction. Wait, so uh, where, where are the codes? They are not here. But I don't understand. They're not there either? Are you telling me- Yes. They are neither here nor there. It's more complicated than you could ever imagine. You see- Biohacker points to the screen with all the green ones and zeros trickling down. The people are the code. Huge dramatic music fills the dungeon. Marvin Dunstan both cannot believe this huge twist. So you mean to tell me that Dunkus' plan all along has been to kill everyone? Correct. And he'll do it too, unless we stop Dinkus once and for all. The fate of the world depends on us, or everyone is gonna die. Dunstan all of a sudden gets an eerie feeling as he looks around the dungeon. Uh, wh- where are we, really? A smirk slowly appears across Biohacker's face. He chuckles a bit. This? This is the White House. 
Suddenly, the dungeon begins shaking and the lights start flashing red. Biohacker looks worried. Marv stands up from the toilet without pulling his pants and underwear. Dangly Johnson fully exposed. What's happening, Doc? Biohacker begins clacking on the keyboard attached to his hawking mobile. He's very concerned. I don't understand. How could this be? It seems as though my lair is being attacked by a computer virus. But how could they know where we are? There's no way that they could be listening in on us. Marv's eyes get very wide all of a sudden. Ah, jeez. Marv lips off his wrist. He's still wearing the communicator from earlier. He quickly removes the communicator without biohacker noticing and drops it into the toilet bowl, immediately flushing it. Suddenly, a more sophisticated female robot voice comes across the loudspeaker. Techno dungeon self-destruct in three minutes. Ooh la la, daddy likey. Not now, chips. Daddy Grumpy, Daddy Need Humpy. Quick, I have an escape pod in the back. We must get out of here now. Marvin Dunstan run toward the escape pod. Dunstan hits the button to unlock the pod door and takes one step toward the chair before Marv steps in front of him. I don't think so. Marv swoops down in front and plops down on the seat. He pats his lap for Dunstan to take a seat. Dunstan rolls his eyes a bit and sits down on Marv's lap and straps in. Wait a minute, where's Biohacker? The two of them peer out the escape pod hatch into the dungeon. There's Biohacker, still strapped into a Stephen Hawking chair, only now it's going completely haywire. The chair is spinning 360s at an alarming speed as Biohacker screams in agony. His chair is malfunctioning. The virus has infected my chair. You must go without me. Go, save the world, and take this. Biohacker hurls one of his blasters towards the pod and Marv manages to just barely catch it. Got it. You got it, Hack. Marv, without giving the matter a second thought, punches the launch button and the pod blasts off. Interior, escape pod, continuous. Dunstan and Marv stare out the escape pod window as they soar through the sky away from the glorious White House. After a moment, the White House explodes. Marv salutes. Thank you for your service. Baby. Interior mainframe database headquarters, launch zone, dusk. Major Dinkum's Dinkus sits alone at his control center with his back to his massive set of monitors, keyboards, and switches. He is petting a small animal that is sitting on his lap. The animal has the head of a frog, except for bits of wispy hair around the ears and the body of a wrinkled hairless cat. As he strokes the animal, it moans with ecstasy. Corporal Julius has arrived. He awaits permission to enter. Dinkus fingers the red communicator button on the arm of his chair. Send him in. The steel launch zone doors open automatically and a visibly wounded Julius trots in. His face is bandaged and the giant horse penis that once swung proudly between his legs now looks like a red and swollen ping pong paddle. The imprint from Marv's moon boot is visible along Julius's flattened shaft. He kneels and lowers his head in supplication before his master. My lord, I have failed you. Please forgive me. Silence, Julius. I have seen to our little problem myself. Biohacker and those two idiots are currently smoldering in the rubble that was once the White House. My lord, are you saying that you blew up the White House? That's right, Julius. I blew up the White House and everything in it. I couldn't possibly allow your shortcomings to ruin my plans for world destruction. I'm sorry, my lord. 
This is the last time that I will excuse your failures. I see that those fools managed to mangle your pride and joy. Yes, sir. They have flattened it. Well, if you are able to prove that you can handle a simple task, perhaps I will use my powers to smooth and reshape your horsehood into the glorious member that it once was. Now, have you assembled the army as I asked you? Julius' eyes shift nervously. Yes, my lord. The army is awaiting your instructions just outside the gate. Excellent. Let's have a look. Dinkus swivels around in his chair to face his monitors. Oh, you don't have to do that. They're just your standard army, you know, nothing special. Dinkus changes the channel on his monitors, and the screen suddenly shows thousands of tiny dwarf m****s waiting outside the gates of the mainframe database headquarters. They are a surly bunch, many of them past middle age with short sausage-like fingers. Their faces are withered and grumpy looking as they mill around like tiny construction workers on a coffee break. M****s, you brought me an army of dwarf m****s. Sire, this is what I was able to assemble on such short notice. M****s. They are small, my lord, but they are strong. I suppose you think this is funny? No, sir. What is funny about an army of If you think being a tiny is so great, perhaps you'd like to be one yourself. Dinkus raises a withered index figure from the cat monster on his lap and points it at Julius. Electric blue lightning shoots from the tip of his fingers to Julius's bare chest. Julius shrieks and convulses as the blue lightning surges around his entire body. No! When Dinkus finally stops, Julius the centaur is lying crumpled on the floor. He convulses a few more times before rising and revealing that he is now half half Shetland pony. His voice is now high-pitched when he speaks. Now, go and assemble your army. The launch code is almost complete. Yes, my lord. Julius the tiny midget centaur exits. Dinkus returns to petting his frog cat. The frog cat moans. Fade out. Interior, escape pod, continuous. Marv and Dunstan continue to hurtle through space in the escape pod, except this time Dunstan is seated atop Marv's lap. With every bump, Marv howls with ecstasy. Dunstan seems to enjoy this new seating arrangement even more than before, and he too squeals with delight. Mr. Chips, do you know where this thing is headed? No comprendo me amigo. Looks like something has scrambled the navigation system, muchacho. They all continue moaning as the pod hurdles past the moon and straight for Earth. Exterior mainframe database headquarters, gates, just before midnight. The army of dwarf are now assembled at the gates of the mainframe database headquarters. Dinkus in his chair, which can float now, and is hovering along the trellis above the giant steel gates. He is wearing a black robe and hood. Next to him sits Julius. Dinkus addresses the army. M***s, dwarves, tiny little men. I want to thank you for joining me on such short notice to bear witness to this historic event. In a few short minutes, I will be releasing a software virus that I have uploaded on this flash drive. Once the malware codex passes through the world processor, the virus will attach itself to the code. And guess what, my tiny little warriors? The code is people. An audible gasp is heard spreading through the crowd of dwarf m****s, followed by concerned chatter. I know what you're thinking, warriors. If the code is people, then the virus will destroy the code. Then won't we be destroying ourselves? And to that I say fear not. The code is people, 
But you are not people. You are With that, the crowd bursts into cheers. Dinkus glances slyly over at Julius. Now you must be saying to yourself, what about Dinkus? Shall the virus destroy him? Who will lead us if he is gone? Well, I have one thing to say to that. Dinkus throttles his hover chair upward and it rises high above the trellis floor. Wind is blowing wildly all around and Dinkus's hood comes off, exposing his wild hair. Lightning emanates from Dinkus as he floats in the air. He reaches underneath his collar and removes the Dinkus mask he has been wearing the entire movie. His face looks basically the same, except for a Fu Manchu mustache and black eyes. The dwarf army gasps when they realize that Dinkus has been General Sao all along. I am a virus. Yeah, 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 oh hell yeah! Just then a sonic boom is heard from above and a flash of light brightens the sky. The camera shot widens to show our heroes racing toward the mainframe database headquarters in the space pod. The pod is glowing red. Orange flames trail behind it. Interior space pod. Marv and Dunstan are both dripping with sweat from the heat of the quickly approaching space pod. Marv has removed his clothes somehow and is now only wearing a diaper. Dunstan is seated on top of him. If we die, I want you to know that it's been a pleasure working with you, Dunstan. Yeah, I guess I should get a few things off my chest, too. First of all, I have herpes. Second of all, I stash my urine in plastic bottles to save for later. And lastly, I used to have a little man in a box under my bed that I would pull out from time to time just to torture a little bit. That's freaking hilarious. Also, I had a boyfriend on the side named Sue. Absolutely freaking hilarious. If my calculations are correct, this is going to freaking hurt. Exterior mainframe headquarters, Gates. The army of Shrinkies, Julius the Centaur, and Dinkus, having just revealed his true identity as General Sao, stands at the gates of the strange object, careens through the sky like a giant fireball. Fearless leader, what do we do? It looks as if it's a really big fireball, and it's heading our way. It's nothing to fear, yet. Nonetheless, stand guard. The army of dwarves all hoist their spears and with a loud guttural grunt, aiming them toward the sky. Julius is seen releasing some pony droppings while the pod continues to fall towards them. General Sal stares intently at the ball of fire, looking more and more weary the closer it gets to colliding with the earth. Then finally, boom! The pod crash lands and smoke goes everywhere. Tons of little teeny tiny m- coughs are heard throughout the smokiness. Eventually, the dust settles and all the miniature marines regain their composure. General Sao struggles to see through the dense smoke, but at some point, he's able to make out a smoldering space pod. What in the heck? The hatch to the space pod slowly opens. All the villains inch back from the hatch, except for General Sao, who stands to his ground. The warriors all begin to chatter amongst themselves. Silence! The little ones all toughen up and bring their spears back to fighting position. Sorry to crash the party, muchachos. Anyway, what's up, dudes? All the warriors look confused before we reveal the look on General South's face. He's in utter disbelief. It can't be. It's impossible. General Sao takes a deep, concerned breath. Mr. Chips? 
the one and only, my good man. X squeeze me, but do you have any gray poop on? Suddenly Marv emerges from the pod, still in his only diaper and covered in soot, followed shortly thereafter by Dunstan, who is somehow not covered in soot at all. By God, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Dunstan's eyes squint as he gazes at General Sal. General Sal? Dinkus? You fools are supposed to be dead. I did away with the two of you and that pesky biohacker when I blew up the freaking White House. The only thing that can kill me is a rope around my neck and my pants around my ankles. Now give it up, whoever you are. General Sal begins to laugh uncontrollably. The warriors and Julius look unsure of what is happening while Dunstan and Marv shoot each other nervous glances. And where might your fearless leader, biohacker, be at the moment? Uh, you made his chair spin around real fast, and then he exploded in the White House. Don't tell him that, you idiot. God, you really can't do anything right, can you? So, Biohacker is finally dead, once and for all. And somehow you expect to defeat me without him? You two fools are no match for me and my army. All the m- stomp their feet and start chanting just like those tall freaks from the Wizard of Oz. Not the flying monkeys, but the other guys. Note to self, in next draft slash sequel, add flying monkeys. Anywho. Wait, little warriors. This man has you all fooled. You see, the people are the code. He plans to destroy all the people. That includes all of you. One of the tiny men decides to speak up. But Mr. Julius said since we are mixed, we'd be safe. Marv is frozen solid. He has no idea how to respond. The m**ts continue to look toward him for an answer, but Marv doesn't move a single muscle. This lasts for at least a minute or two. Look, uh, maybe I can interject something here. As you can see, I am uh, a troll, okay? Uh, Didn't used to look like this. Nope. Looked different. Uh, Decent amount taller. Mustache. Little bit of a gut. I used to drive a truck. A little truck, but a truck nonetheless. You see you see what I'm getting at here? I used to have a wife, a kid, Dunstan Jr. Now I'm like this. A troll. But in here... Dunstan taps on his heart. Right in here, I'm me. I'm a man. Marv is trying desperately to contain his tears. I may look like this, but I know what I really am. And, uh, I don't know. Guess I'm just saying that, uh... I'd never let anybody convince me that I wasn't what I thought I was. The tiny warriors begin to look at one another, finally understanding what Dunstan the disgusting and odorous troll is getting at. You're not m****s, you're people. Marv leans in and whispers in his ear. They are m****s though. All begin to talk amongst themselves. Julius clearly becomes nervous. Finally, the chatter amongst the ceases, and they all bask in silence. Kill him! All the small soldiers charge towards Julius, who takes off sprinting. Julius unfortunately struggles to gallop as fast as he once could with such small legs. In a short amount of time, the m**ts are able to chase the once majestic and well-endowed centaur to a clearing where they maliciously rip him to shreds and feast on his flesh, all while he screams for help. Those screams eventually subside, and one m**t hand emerges from the group, clasp around his pony c- covered in blood. 
Marvin Dunstan cheer them on as they all make their way out of sight down the nearby hill. Marvin Dunstan, grinning from ear to ear, turned to face General Sow, who looks most displeased. You fools honestly believe this changes anything? Our heroes look a bit confused. General Sow removes a detonator from his robe. I need no army. With the push of this button, the Sow virus will infect the mainframe code, thereby infecting all of mankind. You fought valiantly, but just as I knew you would, you have failed. Marvin Dunstan jump down from the space pod and charge at General Sow. The general raises his hand and emits blue lightning from his fingertips, wrapping around our heroes and stopping them in their tracks. Also, their eyes look like they are going to bulge out of their heads, like from that scene on Mars in Total Re- General Sow approaches Marvin Dunstan very slowly, still clenching the detonator. There is something to be said about how far you two have come. I hand-selected you for this mission based on one thing you both possess. Incompetence. To think I almost put my own plan in jeopardy. We'll never know what the two of you may have been capable of. Both Marv and Dunstan's mouths are as wide open as they could possibly be, and their eyes the size of large tomatoes. General Sal brings the detonator to their eye level. Goodbye, Marv and Dunstan. General Sow rests his thumb over the detonator's button as he cackles maniacally once again. Just as it looks like Marvin Dunstan's eyes are about to explode from their skulls, a loud whooshing sound is heard, and then BAM! General Sow bursts into flames. Marvin Dunstan are released from Sow's magical spell and crumple to the ground, gasping for air. General Sow runs around in circles, screaming in agony as he slowly burns to a crisp. Marvin Dunstan manage to finally catch their breath and stand to watch Sow smolder off in the distance as his charred corpse emits its last pathetic squeal, just like the pig he always was. Wow, we did it! Can you believe it? We actually did it! Did what? He burst into flames out of nowhere. We saved the world, you idiot! I don't think that was us, Marv. Shut up, we did it! We saved the world from a madman! We can finally rest easy knowing that, because of the two of us, the human race gets to live another day. It's like I always say. Suddenly, General Sow's charred body jumps up from the ground and charges towards our heroes, absolutely screaming like a psychopath. Marv quickly removes from his diaper the blaster that Biohacker gave him earlier. He points it at General Sow's head and fires, completely blowing his head off. Sow's body once again crumples to the ground, twitching a bit. Marv blows the smoke bellowing from the end of his blaster. All's well that ends well. You can say that again. Marv chuckles briefly before the wind mysteriously picks up. A strange echoing voice is heard vaguely, but our heroes are unable to make out what it is. You, you hear that? Of course I f***ing hear it. What the freaking heck is that? Finally, a disordered sounding biohacker speaks to them from above. Can you hear me? Biohacker? Is that you? Where are you? The clown. When Sal blew up the White House, I became uploaded to the cloud. You've been here all along? Who do you think was controlling the escape pod? I had a feeling that was you. Thanks, Doc. And you think somebody else said General Sal Blaze? Wow, Hack. Never took you for a firebug. Enough small talk. I need the two of you to get me out of here. There's an even greater threat facing the universe than before. It's imperative you get me out of the cloud. But Hack, I'm just a lowly janitor. Dunson is a dumbass troll and Mr. Chips is completely useless. How do you expect us to get you out of there? You're gonna need some help. 
Marvin Dunstan look at each other and then back up to the sky. What do you mean? Let's just say, I know a guy. Suddenly, a creaking sound is heard, and our two heroes look over toward the gates to the Worldwide Computer Agency as they slowly open up. Once again, they look toward one another before returning their eyes to the gate. Mysterious fog begins to roll through the door. Finally, someone emerges from the thick, rolling fog, an arm carrying a pizza box. Marvin Dunstan's eyes become wide and their mouths drop open. Could it be? Cutting through the fog appears a slender fellow, tall as the Dickens, clad in the fanciest tuxedo to ever grace the silver screen. Yup, you guessed it. Freaking Dunkirk. Maybe I can be of some assistance. I'm getting too old for this Fade out. I never saw Dinkus again after that summer, but the friendships I had made, Dunstan, Mr. Chips, Biohacker, even Julius and all the tiny little m****s, stayed with me forever. Biohacker continued hacking from the cloud until he was finally set free from the evil spell placed on him by the terrible wizard. And Mr. Chips got the girl of his dreams. And now they have a whole bunch of useless little supercomputers. As for Dunstan, he never did turn back into a man, but he did find a way to make things right with his wife and kid, and his lover and boyfriend, Sunjay. As for me, boy, did I have a lot of cleaning up to do. But first, I think somebody said something about a pizza. The end. Presents Biohacker, an original screenplay by Sandy Farkas and Taylor Lofton. Featured players include Tadia Richards as the narrator, Mike Doug Jordan as Dunstan, Sandy Farkas as Dr. Dinkums and Biohacker, and Taylor Lofton as Mark.